Hey everybody, we're here with Tara Llewellyn, VP of Stakeholder Relations and Corporate Thought Leadership at Allstate for the very first time at CES, right Tara? Yes, this is the very first time being here. It's Excited? Exciting. Gone yeah. well? It's gone really well. We've, we've had an executive presence here for some time, but for the first time we're exhibiting mm-hmm. uh, because we have a lot of, we thought about this, we have a lot of products that leverage data and technology to help consumers. And right. So we thought, why not come to CES and showcase what some of those products and services and brands are. So we built a booth and, and we're here for the first time exhibiting. And Tara, tell me, I mean, on a really important note, okay. can you do the Allstate voice that's on all the commercials? I can't, but if you go to the Allstate booth, you'll hear him. Okay. Because Dennis helped us uh, put the video together for our booth, and he'll talk oh. about the age <laughs> of acceleration and how uh, the world keeps accelerating, and, and we want to help protect and connect you while we're doing it. Perfect. Or while so, you're experiencing it. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. I like yeah. how you led me in there. So we're okay. talking specifically <laughs> about experiences. With, with some of our friends here at CES. We're talking about how do you become an experience-driven business in, in the eyes of Allstate. Yeah. What, is, what does that mean? An experience-driven business. Yeah. Well, I think our, our business is built on experiences, right? You, every customer comes to Allstate for a different reason. They, they, want, to, uh, they want to protect their loved ones in case in case the worst happens. They want to be able to connect with others. They want to be able to take care of their families. And so they all come for a different reason. They all experience Allstate in a different way. But we want to make sure that they have a great experience, that we're providing what they need, tailored to them, as opposed to a cookie-cutter solution. So that's why we have 10,000 agencies out in nearly every community in America to be able to say, we are going to personalize our coverage and help you decide what you need for your future. Maybe it's financial planning for retirement. Maybe it's you know maybe it's helping your teen be a safe driver because uh, your your teenager is finally learning how to drive for the first time. But we want to make sure that we're there meeting you where your needs are uh, and helping you think about what how to protect that for the future. And you're a co- a competitive industry, so much like automotive or anything where there's a lot of different competitors, right? You you kind of have to use experience as a differentiator, right? Absolutely. And and that's why we're so focused on our agency network. Our our agency force is there to really be invested in the communities where they're located and to really get to know their customers. We have a program called Helping Hands, which basically they and we put together money to basically say, we want you, the Allstate agent, to be a leader in your community. And that means volunteering, that means doing philanthropy, that means maybe holding information seminars for people who aren't even your customers, Mm -hmm. but to help them understand what what insurance can do for them, and and other things too, insurance and and beyond. Um, And so we want to have that very personalized uh, touch and and be known as a company that really cares, because we really do. That's one of our core values. So, Tara, uh, you keep coming back to this word personalized, which which I'm a big fan of. How do you personalize an experience for a customer when there are so many different touch points? Maybe they're hitting you in, in New York City on, in, in, with an agent. Maybe they're hitting you online. Maybe they're touching you with an app. How do you tie all that together in a personalized way? Yeah, well, we want to be able to tie all that together. So partly, that's why we've invested so heavily in data. Now we want, whether you're coming to us online, coming to us through through one of the toll-free numbers, walking into an agent's office, calling an agent's on the phone, we want whoever is talking to you to know 
who you are and, and what you might need. And so we're gathering all that data together and trying to put it in one place. Now, we're not perfect at it. This is, this is a hard exercise to do. Sure. Uh, but what we're also trying to do is make it easier, right? Like we, uh, to get home insurance, there's a huge number of questions that get asked today. Because you're trying to like, how big is the house? How big is, oh, yeah. what, what's the yeah. roof made of? How old is the roof? We're trying to get that down to three questions. Yes. But what we know enough about you, you're calling us, you give us the address. We know from public records a lot of information about your house already. Ask you three questions, say, tell you what, here's where you, here's what homeowner's insurance should uh, should cost you today. And we're offering that to you. So we really wanna, we really wanna uh, make it so that customer experience is easy and that whoever you're talking to knows who you are when, when they pick up the phone. Thank Mark, you, Allstate. Mark, this is like when people say, why are you so easy, willing to give up your data as a millennial? It's so that I only have to answer three questions. This is why. I am fine with it. Take all the data you want. If I, you know, if I can get food delivered to my house by a drone and now I can just answer three questions, yes, please. But, I mean, of course, that all comes back to be responsible with it. Absolutely. Yes, of course. about what you of do course. with it. Absolutely. But, but, but if it helps make me. my life easier. Yeah. You know, and, and the fact. And that's of, an experience. Yeah. You think of how many, how many houses or properties or whatever people have, have purchased where they've had to go through hours probably of, of paperwork. It's like, I don't know the answer to that. You know the yeah. answer better than I do. So, so thank you, Allstate. And you're in a product kind of service business where. Um, people might not interact with you on a regular basis. They might interact with you when they're looking to looking to do something. It's kind of a spot-on decision. So you kind of do you kind of have to position a market so that you're just top of mind in that moment, or that you're easily accessible? Well, both. So you're easily accessible, but also you know the customer. There's lots of with ten thousand agencies in all these communities. They know their customers. There's, this is a very personal experience when you come to Allstate. So they they know when you've got a teenager who's coming up, who's probably, you're probably thinking about getting them a learner's permit, right? And they could reach out to you and say, we know that we know that Mary might start driving soon. Let's talk a little bit about that, how that might affect you as, as being an insured and what happens with your auto policy, but also some things you can do to help Mary be a safer driver and to lead her through that experience. So Because we know that that's a difficult transition you know the first couple of years you start driving you are not the best driver and we want to help <laughs> I know <laughs> it sounds crazy but and we want to help right. families negotiate that transition right and help them help parents have some more peace of mind as their kids are going there and there's hundreds of examples like that every family is different every person is different but we want to meet you where you are and talk about what your needs are. I only hit one tree in the first two years that's surprising. Driving. That's surprising yeah. coming from I actually made place. it five houses. It was on an icy road in Michigan, and I was like, no. And I was like going in slow motion, and I hit I hit going like 18 miles per hour, but I was milking it. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I think my elbow's broken because I really wanted to play that up. Tara, talk to me a little bit about this idea of, I mean, you talked about the Helping Hands program. Right. Um, what kind of role do you think big companies or big or small companies have in in doing something good with what they have. Oh my goodness, we, we think and talk a lot about this at the company. It's it's part of our DNA and it's part of our culture. Uh, and we talk a lot about what is the purpose, not just of all state and society, but what's the role of business inside society. So we're a very local company right, with these 10,000 agencies. So we wanna be very vested in those communities where we're operating. But at the same time, 
you know, we're, we're a Fortune 100 company. We're a big company. Um, so we went through a process several years ago of mapping out some of the major social ills and thinking through what are the what are the kinds of things that are happening in society that are impacting families the most. And then we mapped it against corporations and who's doing what against those. We discovered there was a huge gap on domestic violence. No one wanted to touch it. It's an ugly issue. No one wants to talk about it. And we said, you know what, no one's talking about this. It's an important issue. It tears families apart. It hurts women. It hurts children. We all state are going to take this on and we're going to talk about it. So one of our major uh, one of our major philanthropic initiatives and just think that we really try and demonstrate a lot of thought leadership on is uh, ending domestic violence. And in particular what we found is people ask, you know, why don't the women just leave? They should just leave. You know, it's not that simple. Many, many uh, people who are abused physically or even emotionally are also abused financially. They don't have access to resources. And so we, over the years since we started the Purple Purse program, started really focusing on domestic violence, we've put, uh, we've helped over a million survivors of domestic violence to try and, uh, on the path to financial empowerment. Because once you're on the path to financial empowerment and you're starting to able to think about how do I take care of my kids with a changed financial situation, how do I take care of myself, how do I plan for the future, um, we've been able to help them a million women with that. It's it's phenomenal what we've done with that, and it's one of our it's one of our trademark programs. And we really want to be able to focus on those sorts of things. Where can we, uh, where can we have the most impact, and where can we bring all state to bear in a very focused but important way for society? So that's that's huge for us. The one of the other major initiatives that we have is on youth empowerment. So we're very uh, we have a great partnership with the We organization. Um, we're in something like 3,500 schools nationally, awesome. and what We is meant to do is is it's cause neutral, but it's meant to help basically preteens and teens. Um, be inspired to volunteer in their community, to develop some sort of program where they are giving back. And hopefully that sets them on a path to always giving back, to being that kind of person who's always thinking about a sense of community in their lives. Uh, and so we, we've invested heavily in this program. What we found is the intangible benefits are enormous. So the, the, the kids who are in this program can decide what they want to focus on. They can do a food drive. They can do a clothing drive. They can do a, a conversation about uh, yeah, some of the problems that we're experiencing in our country and let's bring people together at least to have a conversation about it. They pick that cause. But what we find is the kids become better leaders, they become more engaged citizens, they become more engaged at school. By going through this program, they just the commitment that they have to each other and to their communities really, impre- really increases. And so we're very proud of the work that we do on youth empowerment too. And we're invested very heavily on that. So those are two things that we try and be very focused on. And then with our, with our agencies, they know the they know best what their communities need. They're in their their local. They're leaders in their community. They can help those communities think through what what's the right way for all state to show up in that particular community. But then nationally, we have these two big programs. Big shout out to our friends at Allstate who are not only running a, a top notch, experience driven business. Uh, they're using personalization to make this stuff really real for. Jeff, whether he's in Michigan or, or Mark in, in Utah or wherever, but m- much more important than that, they're making a big difference with with a whole lot of people. Um, 
around the world. So thank you. Thanks thank for joining you. us today. Thanks for having me. Can I me. ask a bonus question? Yes, bonus. Okay, Tara, since we are fast friends, um, this may get used or it may not get used in the podcast. Okay. You decide. I have an interesting question about insurance and about 10 years from now. So I have a six-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm a proud, terrified parent of a six-year-old. Um, there may be a potential future, maybe plausible, probably implausible, that she doesn't actually have to drive a car in 10 years. It's possible, right? Yeah. So here's a CSR marketing company potential interesting conversation. 10 years from now, if um, self-driving cars are maybe the norm, right? What does it look like? Because cars will still be on the road that are manual driving. Right. So what does it look like then from an insurance side for driving a manual car versus a self-driving car? Yeah. So it's, it's so... It's it's off the wall and it's no. very far in the future, but I'm, I'm sure, sure you guys have thought about, about oh this. Oh my God. Right. It's, it's so interesting. So first Because you can me, see where the directions this would yeah. go. Let me, let me start with the macro perspective. Yes. That's what I talked about. In the, um, the, the personal transportation system is going to undergo a fundamental transformation. Mm-hmm. And as it does, we think it can unlock... Uh, enormous economic opportunity. We actually think it's the most significant economic opportunity that exists in America today. You have 240 million cars owned in America. Four trillion dollars locked up in capital. Mm-hmm. Right, Capital that's not being used other places because it's being used in cars. Mm-hmm. Two billion dollars a year to uh, two trillion dollars a year to basically run that, run that system. Another trillion in indirect costs. Um, even at peak times Cars are only on the roads a third of the time, so every car. <laughs> so you have so much inefficiency in this system. And even if you could just improve that efficiency by 20%, our analysis suggests you could put $3,000 back uh, in that in the pockets of every household in America. And when you talk about a median household <laughs> income of $59,000 a year. Mark's head's exploding again. It, it's, it's huge. We, we really believe this is one of the major economic opportunities in America. It's what Tom talked about in his super session. Um, so we're very focused. And we're a middle America company. That's what we want to do. We want to help our customers have better economic outcomes. We're, we're right in that middle where, where the, the customer, the average, they're the median household, household they're probably our customer. Um, so we want to improve that. Now, having said that, you know, autonomy is coming, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of different scenarios with it. And as you point out, there's going to be this multimodal world where there's going to be some autonomy, there's going to be some not autonomy. On average, cars today are 11 years old. Mm-hmm. So when you think about recapitalizing, and for many American families, buying a new car is a major capital investment. It's going to be a long time, even when we have the technology for fully autonomous, that people actually are able to have that yeah. capital to be able to spend that. Then you get to the infrastructure piece, where uh, Governor Snyder was talking about how there's a company now that, that makes coatings that has machine uh, machine language on it, yep. so the autonomous cars can know it. But think about it, if well. you had to replace every road sign in America, and put coding, machine language coding on it, how long is that going to take? How expensive that's going to be? It's probably and not going to be next month, I'm guessing. I'm thinking it's not going to be next month. So It's a more, more like we'll have to wait for a better, easier solution than <laughs> what we currently have, even if that's 
Or we're going to have to make a major infrastructure investment in the country. Go, yeah. Rather than building a 2G or 3G system, build a 6G system. Make the investment so that we can do this leapfrog in technology so that actually the autonomous vehicles will work when they finally do come and have all the cues that they need on the road. So it's going to be phenomenal. I think what your daughter's going to find in 10 years is she's going to have more choice than ever in terms of what her transportation experiences unless i don't allow her to have the choice <laughs> and she just <laughs> sits in the self-driving car and she just floats to the next location like the jetsons it could be or unless she has a con- convertible and you know open air and it's all lovely uh, but she's going to have so much choice all of us are yeah. are going to have so much choice of whether transportation is a product and we keep buying a car Transportation is a service. We we hire transportation when we need it. We get it on demand. And then inside of that, if the cost goes down because we've increased the efficiency, there's a lot of different scenarios. It could be you just have more savings and you spend the money on other things. Or it could be it's so much cheaper, you're in a car even more often because you can work while you're in the car rather than having to you know, having to drive the car. You can do other things. You can be more productive. So maybe you take more trips instead of fewer trips because you can. You're not wasting that time, if you will, behind the wheel that you have today. It's it's exciting. It's one of the it's one of the biggest things that uh, that's going to come. And but we have to start talking about the transition. Because if we don't start talking about the transition, we're just going to be keep talking about the technology, which is fascinating and great, mm-hmm. but that's not going to solve all of it. We're not, we've got to move forward as a, as a whole, not just on, on one path of having greater, better cars. We've got to move everything. I mean, there's, there's so much opportunity, and it would be great to explore. It, and just on the service side, if you think about where uh, telecom was 20 years ago, so I, I don't know, you know, you're probably around my age, maybe you're a little younger, I'm not sure. But I can remember the day when you made long distance phone calls after you know, 6 p.m. on Sundays and after 9 p.m. on weekdays because it was expensive. Mm-hmm. Now it's yes. not, so we communicate all the time because it doesn't cost us very much to communicate. Same thing could happen with transportation. If we drive the efficiency into the system as all this technology is unfolding, it's, it's an incredible opportunity. Well, awesome. Tara, I think we need to make this a more regular occurrence. We need to chat with you here in the We'd near love future. To do it. Awesome. Okay, so don't forget us. We'd love to do okay. it. Okay, thanks again, everybody, here with Tara. <laughs> Good thing we got that the first time. Seven podcasts in, people. Seven <laughs> podcasts in. Good thing we got it right the first time. Here with Tara. You rocked it. Thank you. Thank you. It's-